The good news is that you don't need to sit down and read the Bible from cover to cover in one massive chunk. All you need to do is read it one bit at a time. G'day everyone, my name is Mark Schroeder and welcome to Schroeder's Bible Bits. I'm a college chaplain and my job is to teach children and youth the wonderful truths that are found in God's Word, the Bible. I speak at chapels, at youth services, at church services, I teach at kids clubs and lunchtime Bible groups. Uh, At all of these places, I always teach from the Bible because I'm convinced that from the Bible, we get to learn about God and how He has loved us and how He has saved us through Jesus. Tune in and continue to learn about Jesus for yourself, not in one chunk, but bit by bit. So here we are in chapel and we're continuing our series on John's Gospel. And here we're going to have another one of the signs of Jesus that he performs so that we would look at Jesus and we would see who he is and we would believe in him. He's the one who has come to bring light and life. Okay, Um, so let's, uh, let's start by thinking about some of these memes, right? It's all fun and games until someone gets poked in the eye. Who's ever heard this phrase before? Has anyone ever said that to you before? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's not. So put your hand up if you've ever had. Somebody's ever said this to you. It's all fun and games until somebody gets poked in the eye. All right. So it is familiar. It is common. I remember my mum saying this to me and saying, settle down to me and my brother as we were rumbling. It's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. It's all fun and games until someone gets poked in the eye. Have you ever been poked in the eye before? It's horrible, isn't it? Isn't it the worst? It's the worst. It takes you down. It really does. And it doesn't have to be a big, severe poke, it can be an itty-bitty, teeny-tiny one. When my children were very young, both of my two middle child, like my eldest and my middle one, they, uh, when they were born, babies, I don't know if you know, but they have these ninja star fingernails. Did you guys know this? Their, their fingernails are so sharp. It's like in the womb, they're in there with a file and they're sharpening there so that they can just do some serious damage. I remember one day, my child, who's only very, very young, and I was mucking around and he was giggling and gooing and garring and stuff. And, and as I was down the, and blowing raspberries on his tummy sort of thing, he sort of made his arms move. And as his arms moved, one of his fingers just went whoosh, like this straight through my eyeball. Boom. And my right eye just instantly just watered and I closed it. And I'm like, no, I'll be all right. It's only a baby scratch. But whenever I opened my eye, it was excruciating burning. And both eyes just watered and watered. I was reduced to tears and to a pile of like sookie lala on the floor. And Mrs. Schroeder's like, what's wrong with you, you big sook? It's only a baby. But this baby took me down by just boonk, poking me in the eye. It was bad enough when it happened after my first son, but it happened again with my second one. It's like they sent a message to each other and said, let's poke dad in the eye. It's heaps funny. I did it when I was a kid. You should try it too. (laughs) I literally, after that happened, it happened in the morning. The rest of the day I was working at home. I was working at a different job, not this one. And I actually made a pirate patch for my eye so I could sit there and continue to work because I couldn't sit like this, squinting with the other one eye with my hand on and keep on doing some work. It just took me down. And if you've been poked in the eye like that and it's taken you out, yeah? Can anyone tell me a moment? Is anyone brave enough to tell me a moment? When, go on, Marlon, what happened? So I was on the bus work. Yeah, on the bus. And I got punched in the eye. Punched in the eye. Yeah. Yeah, little kindy on accident. See, little kindy. What does it go with little kids and poking you in the eye? Um, go on, yes, go. Uh, my brother was four. Yeah. 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 See, little kids poking in the eye. Last one over here, yeah? 
Yeah. See, it's all fun and games until someone gets poked in the eye. But the thing is, I'm talking about being poked in the eye because when you get poked in the eye, you can't do anything except for close your eyes and lie around and just be mopey and just suck up the pain for a while until finally your eye does that amazing thing where it just heals. So then you can open your eye and you can see again. When you've been poked in the eye, you've got to close your eye and that's your recovery and you can't see anything and you can't do anything but just sort of go, well, now what do I do? I can't see. It's important to see, isn't it? You've got to be able to see so you can do things. And how wonderful that we live, again, in a culture and place where we have access to professionals that can help us see clearly if we can't see clearly. I've hit an age and stage now where I have to wear glasses from time to time because my right eye is just foggy and fuzzy and stuff. And as soon as I put the glasses on, it's like, boom, a whole new world. The Aladdin song comes on for me, right? And I'm like, wow, I can see again. This is amazing. Some of you guys are singing Aladdin right now, aren't you? Yeah. But the thing is, when you, when you can see clearly, you can do life well, can't you? That's the whole point. When you can see clearly, you can do life well. And so we've got to be able to see clearly. Well, today, we're going to be thinking about how Jesus brings clarity. And he brings clarity so that we can do life well, sort of like being able to see properly. And this is because Jesus says that he is the light of the world. And we see this in the next sign that he does. Here's the story from John chapter 9. Verses 1 to 7. You'll, you'll remember, right? It's pretty, pretty familiar. It goes like this. As Jesus went along, he saw a blind man, sorry, a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, that just means teacher, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it's day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. But while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. After saying this, Jesus spit on the ground. He made some mud with saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, Jesus told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means the word sent. So the man went and washed and he came home seeing familiar with this story? Now remember in John's gospel when Jesus writes, or when John writes rather, about the signs that Jesus performs. Do you remember? I keep saying this every time we do chapel together. These are big and amazing signs, aren't they? So let's go back and think about the signs that we've looked at so far. We've heard about Jesus changing water into wine. Do you remember it wasn't a little sign, wasn't it? It wasn't just a glass of water that he changed into wine. It was 118 litres of water that he turned into wine. We saw how he healed somebody from a long distance away. We saw that he healed a man who had been lame for 38 years. We've actually skipped over one we've got to go back to do where Jesus walks on water. We've seen that amazing sign. These incredible signs that Jesus does, which are huge, big, over-the-top signs, but they're designed, remember, so that we would look at them and we would go, wow, look at Jesus, and then we would believe in Jesus. So let's think about this sign. Jesus sees this man and he's born, been blind since he was a child. He was born this way. See, this is another big sign, isn't it? He's a full-grown man who's only ever been blind, if you want to put it like that. This is significant, isn't it? Chances are that he was probably known in the community as being the blind guy, the guy that couldn't see. 
And so as they come in, they see him, they, the, the disciples recognise him there and they ask him a question. It's a strange question. Do you see it up there on the screen? They ask him the question, Jesus, who sinned? Was it this man or was it someone else that sinned that made him this way? You see, for the people back then in the Bible, they believe that it's possible that maybe if somebody before you had sinned, maybe your parents, then maybe you might suffer some of the consequence for that. But Jesus clarifies that in the question. He's like, actually, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but actually this happened for a different reason. This blind man is here so that, what does he say? The works of God might be what? On, on display. The works of God might be displayed in him. This is interesting, isn't it? This, this whole story is all about sight, isn't it? We've got a blind man who can't see. We've got everyone else who can see. But what are they looking for? Well, hopefully they're looking for the works of God to be displayed. And so Jesus makes a big statement there. He says, these are the works of God are going to be in display. In fact, I'm here to be the light of the world. And then he does the spit and mud thing in verses 6 to 7. It's pretty gross, isn't it? Have you ever had, what, what I think is funny about this and strange about this or ironic is that the last thing that you want in your eye is spit, let alone mud, let alone spit and mud mixed together. Don't you reckon? Has anyone ever got spat in, in the eye accidentally? You've been there talking to somebody and, and as you're talking, a little bit of spit goes, and it goes, Bonk, and it lands on your cheek or even worse, in your eye, you're like, oh, dude, that's gross. Or maybe you've been doing something outside and while you're doing something outside, that bit of grit just falls in your eye. Both of those things are not cool things and they're not normally things that help you see better. But here's Jesus. He comes along and he shows that he is the one that brings clarity in a very surprising way by mixing spit into dirt to make mud to put on this guy's eye so that he would wash it and then, ta-da, he can see again. Jesus does this so that the works of God might be displayed And so people see, yes, Jesus heals this man who is born blind, but it's all about this phrase that Jesus has said where he says, I am the light of the world. See, Jesus has come to bring clarity, hasn't he? He's come to bring clarity, sure, for this man who couldn't see, but Jesus has come to bring clarity for the whole world, not from physical blindness, but to bring clarity so that they can actually live life well for the Lord God Almighty. Look at what Jesus says there in John 8, again, about being the light of the world. This is a different verse, right? Jesus says, again, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Think about that verse for a moment. Jesus says, if you follow me, you will never what? What does it say? You will never what? Walk in darkness. Have you ever walked in darkness before? Maybe you've walked in darkness in an unfamiliar place. I've walked in darkness in the middle of the bush when I've been hiking before, very, very early in the morning and trying to find our way along a trail. Gee, it's really hard. And in fact, later on when the sun came up, we realised that we totally weren't even on the trail. We could see the trail probably about 50 metres to our right and we were in the middle of the bush walking down something that we thought was a trail, but it was just the moonlight playing tricks on our eyes. Or sometimes, or maybe you've had this moment where you've woken up in the middle of the night and you're like, gee, I'm really thirsty. I need to go into the kitchen to get a drink. And so you go, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go in the kitchen, but I don't want to wake anyone up. I don't want to disturb anyone. And you think, I know my house. I know how to do this. I know how to navigate my house without the lights on. And so maybe you even go, I also want to remain a little bit sleepy. So you leave your eyes a little bit closed. Have you done this before? 
and you're walking through the house and you think, I know where to go. And so you take five steps straight ahead and you go, hold on, I think I remember there's a table here. So you take a step to the left and then you keep walking and you go on pretty good until you hit the corner of the table and boom, something goes over. Or you step on your brother's Lego car and you scream out in agony and it's just a disaster. And then next minute mum comes and she turns on the light in her nightie and she's like, what are you doing? And you're like, I thought I knew better. I thought I could walk around in the dark and I would be okay. But actually, it's obvious, isn't it? To find your way in your dark house, what do you need? Lights. Well, ladies and gents, it's the same as we do life in this world. To do life well in this world, we need light. We need to know what is good. We, know how, we need to know how to navigate the tricky things that we're going to come across in this world because life is tricky, isn't it? Surely you're understanding that even now. You're into term two of year seven and you're discovering that life is not as easy as it was when you were in primary school. Actually, it's a little bit more complicated. But year seven, the thing is there are so many things that are out there that claim to be light when actually they're not. So how do you do life well? Well, Jesus says, walk with me. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you'll never walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. You'll do life well today, yeah? But better than that, Jesus says, you will have the light of life because you will live forever in heaven with God. You will get eternal life if you follow me, the light of the world. You see how that amazing moment where Jesus heals a blind man is more than just about a blind man being able to see again. This is about a blind man being able to see again, which points us to Jesus as the one who brings light and life. And this is not the first time that this sort of thing has happened in the Bible for God's people. If you go back in time in the Bible and you look at the moment when Moses leads out God's people from Egypt, and they're walking in the desert, and they're feeling a little bit lost. Do you know what God does to help his people? He comes down in a giant fiery column of light and fire, and he leads his people in those dark and tricky times. Isn't that what Jesus has done for us? He has come down for us to lead us. You seven, as you seek to do life today, as you seek to do life in high school, as you think about what happens in life after you finish high school, it's pretty trippy to think about that right now when you're only in year seven. But as you continue to do life in this world, you need Jesus. He's the one who made you. He's the one who loves you. He's the one who knows what is right and good. He is the light of the world. So follow him and get life, get eternal life. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can get in contact with me via Twitter at MRKSchroeder or on the Anchor app, you can actually leave a voice message. I'd love you to do that and I might include it in the next podcast. Catch you later.